Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Wiles and Wonder. From the Eat My Catfish studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one caller-driven sports show. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on the air. Hour number three of Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer standing by in northwest Arkansas. I'm Randy Rainwater from the capital city. Now joined by Landon Leach. It's QB time. Good afternoon, Landon. Hey, guys. How are y'all today? Well, let's start doing great. Let's start by getting your overview, your thoughts of Arkansas and Kent State. Yeah, uh, you know when you, when you're at the game, and then you know obviously after the game, you're you're a little frustrated uh, with the outcome. Uh, but you know it, it's kind of like what they say on film: it's never as bad as it seemed, and it's never as good as it seemed. And uh, you know the the good news is on each drive there was there was just some minor some minor things going on that on each drive that that, that shut them down. Um, it can be fixed, so that that's the good news. Um, you know, the bad news is, is it's happening in key situations and, and it's linemen, you know, not getting off their combo blocks to the second level or it's, uh, you know, KJ being a little slow on the swing route and throwing it in the dirt or, you know, it, or it's the backs missing the hole. Uh, there were a lot of things that, uh, it, it just seems that the running backs and the, the offensive line are just not quite in sync yet. And, uh, you know, you hopefully hopefully you start to see that start to gel, you know, with this new blocking team we've got going on. Statistically, it wasn't a big game, kind of like what you were saying. Not as bad as it seems, not as good as it seems. It really wasn't that bad of a day statistically for KJ, but yet when you look at the final numbers, 13 of 19 – 130-some-odd yards. He did have a couple of touchdowns. But on the other hand, he missed some opportunities on some big plays, uh, whether it be down the field or you might have a drop here and there. But nevertheless, uh, it wasn't as bad as it seems, and maybe it wasn't as good as it seemed. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that you hope you see with uh, K.J. this year is him progressing throughout the year, uh, you know, as we mentioned in week one, Rawls' offense was more of a, what we call a one-read offense. You know, you, you read one side of the field, you basically read one player. Uh, if he bolts the flat, maybe you throw the go route. If he bails, you throw the flat route to the tight end type of, of offense. Um, this is more of you've got routes on both sides where you're reading the entire defense, and, and that's something that he's not used to. Uh, a good example of that was I believe it was the second possession it may have been the first possession but uh you know they they come up in man coverage they show us uh a man free and you know me when i'm looking at the film uh you've got a defensive end against your running back i'll take that match up all day on third and four and we we throw the double slant on the back side and uh you know you've got a safety over the top and so those are some things that i think that as time goes on uh, you're going to see him mature in this offense, and and like you said, he that there were some throws that were just off. There was, you know, a, it was a little high to the uh, the one to uh, uh, Wilson uh, Wilson on uh, thirteen on the second or third possession where he missed a little high. But you've got to you've got to make that catch as a receiver and uh, move the chain. So uh, they were just off on a couple throws, and and like you said. Um, one other thing I'd like to see him do is 
especially on first and second down, uh, there were many opportunities where uh, we held on to the ball or we, we ran a little bit when we could have dropped it off to a back or a tight end in the flat and gained three or four or five yards on first down, and now you're ahead of the chains. The quarterback's best friend is his offensive line. I think, in this case, another best friend, if I am a quarterback, I want Isaac Tesla out there somewhere because if I think, if I can just get it in the neighborhood, it looks like this young man, if he can get his hands on it, he's going to catch it. Yeah, in tough situations, you've always, I think every receiver's, or every quarterback's got that receiver that they trust, that guy that they can look to. You know, you had, Brady had Gronk. Um, you know, all these, all these big quarterbacks have their guy that they trust. And, and there's actually two on this team that I would trust any time. Uh, Tesla and, and people may think I'm crazy, but, uh, Haas, that guy, that guy can, he's a mismatch. I and, like him. Uh, I thought, yeah, and I thought we missed him a couple times when we could have on, on a third and medium uh, when he's matched up on the linebacker. And I, I don't know that there's many that can can uh, stay with him. I, I may be putting the cart before the horse, but uh, I think he's kind of your next Hunter Henry of Arkansas. I felt the same way, and I think I used that comparison. I think somebody told me it might be a little bit too early. I don't know. This young man is making plays as a true freshman. He doesn't look like a true freshman out there on the playing field. Um, the offensive yeah, line. I'll steal from Trey Biddy real quick. Uh, you know, usually if they're going to bite, they bite as a puff, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what Trey likes to That's, say? Yes, and, yes. Uh, so he's got that to see some of these Royal. young guys. Darrell Royal a long time ago said that, so uh, it's been passed down through the years. Mm-hmm. Regardless. If he's going to bite, that's right. He's going to bite. That's a that's a very classic case there. Uh, how far off, in your opinion, or how close, either way, is this offensive line uh, in your mind, Landon, uh, from clicking, starting to come together? And I mean, I think we have taken this and looked at it from every conceivable angle. But let's get your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, you know, in the in the uh, zone scheme, that, that's where I'm a little more concerned. Uh, you know, there's too much penetration, and in, in both schemes that we're talking about, uh, you're talking about the gap scheme and the zone. So a gap scheme is basically where you're one-on-one, and I think we're pretty good in that situation. When you get to the zone, we're getting too much penetration, and, and it's typically coming from the guard position. And if I want to be specific, we're talking about uh, Braun, uh, Braun really hadn't had too many good uh, the first two games have been a little bit of a struggle for him and, and I'm hoping that it's specifically played left guard first game, right guard second game uh, but even with that, you know, Crawford played really well the first game but he struggled on, on Saturday as well um, but I don't think they're that far off when you go back and watch there were so many uh, you know, even in the zone scheme when you're kicking out and our backs just weren't hitting the holes this week. Uh, I feel like we're still trying to hit that home run every play uh, versus when we're kicking out and you've got four or five yards and hopefully you make a uh, safety miss and you get something big out of it. Now we're bouncing it outside and we're losing a yard or two. Um, So I feel like that I'm hoping that it's just the difference in the scheme, um, the blocking scheme from, you know, last year's OC to this year's OC, and um, I really don't feel like we're that far off, uh, especially in the run game. And uh, and I also, one thing I noticed early in the game, I felt like, and I don't know if it's our center not being loud enough, I don't know what it is, but I felt like we were identifying the wrong, what we call the Mike linebacker. Uh-huh. And a lot of people don't understand when you're calling the Mike linebacker, it doesn't mean the linebacker's in the middle of the field. You should be able to block one player every snap based on formation alone. Um, and I felt like that we were misidentifying the linebacker because so many times we were doubling the backside of plays and not being able to get to the second level, and that's where they were making the tackles, not necessarily for loss, but in the hole. 
Um, so I don't think we're far off. I think it's just a communication issue. And then when it comes to the backs, they've got to hit it up in there. They've got to get up inside, you know, and, and quit trying to bounce everything outside. One thing that I felt like when it was what's the word I'm looking for? Not touted. Um, okay. I think everyone, including myself, and maybe just me, but I was expecting a more physically dominant offensive line, just on, on brute strength alone. Landon, through two games, I, I don't feel like that there has even been a remote opportunity where you could just simply say in these first two games that Arkansas could just line up and run a base play, base running play, and dominate whether it be Western Carolina or whether it be Kent State. I'm not seeing that domination yet from a physical standpoint. Yeah, and, and I kind of agree there. Um, you know, it, we shouldn't have had to do this, and we shouldn't have to insert the running backs and then KJ run. You know, into the to the run game against these two teams. But also, I think that you know a lot of it, like I mentioned, seems to be indecision. Uh, and you would hope that uh, with the three guys inside, uh, Wimmer, Latham, and then you hope Braun, uh, you know, is a guy that I know he's new to Arkansas, but he's an older guy, and you really hope that you can overpower guys inside. Uh, but again, when you're when you're missing on your scheme, when you're misidentifying linebackers, uh, it just seems like there's a lot of indecision mm-hmm. on the offensive line. Uh, there were many times that I saw, you know, we're doubling the guy and just let a guy run scot-free. Um, you know, yeah, you obviously want to get that double, but your eyes always have to be up. I feel like our eyes, our linemen's eyes are down a lot instead of being at the second level. Um, and so, you know, once you're, once you're missing and, and guys are hitting gaps, of course it's going to look like we're not getting that push. Um, I did feel like that we started to get it more in the second half, but again, that's because we inserted the running backs in, uh, and we created numbers against them where they were bringing an extra guy in the first half you know, now we've got the running back blocking, and we create numbers against uh, the defense. So you don't want to see that. Uh, it's a good thing to have that you got a guy like KJ that you you know is going to go get it. Um, but definitely, I don't feel like uh, we've been as physical as we hope we would. But uh, again, I'm I'm hoping that that's just um, you know a schematical issue where they're they're just not quite comfortable yet, and that tends to happen when you change offenses, especially from something that Browse runs to what he knows from. Do you sometimes get the impression that these reps, on the other hand, are going to pay off? Because it, it seems like when you play a opponent that sh- you should outman, typically those defenses... Well, as an example, in the first game against Western Carolina, they pulled out all the stops. They were going to stop the run. That opened up up against mm-hmm. the pass. I saw a lot right. of different things that Kent State was doing differently. Do you think all these different looks and all these uh, different uh, exotic schemes that's being thrown against this offensive line eventually, though, is going to pay benefits? I do, and that's actually I'm glad you asked that. That's something I threw in my notes here. Uh, was It's good for early on that, that someone's throwing these twists, these run blitzes at you. They're throwing the delayed blitzes with the linebackers. Um, and and so they're able to see, you know, the, the different uh, types of things teams are going to throw at them. And, again, it, I know I keep saying it, and, and this is not saying that it's the correct answer. I'm hoping that it is, that when you're in a new scheme, a new blocking, you know, every – I know – you're saying we got the same O-line coach, we got the same head coach that's been O-line coach forever, but every OC likes things blocked up differently to an extent. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's something that um, hopefully they do grow from. And, and them throwing so many different things at us uh, was nice to see, uh, and it will help us down the road. And I also think that I thought they did a heck of a job of rolling coverages, even on the back end. 
man, they they dropped from straight man into cover two. They dropped from uh, showing cover two into man three. They did a lot of good things on the back end uh, against our guys. Uh, so I do think that will help us in the long run. Um, and then the other thing I kind of put in my notes is I know that we've heard about the drops, but there's not a lot of separation with our receivers, and I really would like to see what Isaiah Satania could do in the slot uh, and get matched up on, on certain Absolutely. and with his greatness. Absolutely. I've, I've, I've been lobbying for that kid for quite a while, and uh, he's been electrifying on a couple of kick returns and punt returns, but really hasn't had much of an opportunity uh, as a wide receiver. Uh, I think you've answered this, um, Landon, but I'll give you an opportunity if you want uh, for any reason to elaborate. But this from our Asher Record Service company, Life and Feedback, and I still haven't seen this happen when pigs fly. But nevertheless, uh, how many of the difficulties we're experiencing on offense can be attributed to adjusting to the Enos offense from the Browse offense? Yeah, and and I think it's more, I, I know I keep saying this, but I think it's more in the passing game than it is the run game. Um, but there are different teams, and, and I felt like in the run game, in the inside zone especially, you know, I know that Pittman said, I've never had a team that can't run the inside zone. Um, but that's where I kept bringing up, and, you know, our, our right guard position to me has been the weakness on the offensive line. And they're missing the second level guys and that's where the penetration continues to come from and when you're doing that that's how you stop the run game you get penetration you make the running backs hesitant and um, so you know again without knowing exactly how Enos wants things locked up it's hard to tell but uh, from what I can tell it looks like a couple of our guards are just really struggling to identify who they want to block and that's why I was thinking, you know, maybe it's because we're misidentifying the the middle linebacker, and so we're not getting to that second level, because there were so many times that we doubled down, and we never even got a hand on the second level. Uh, and I think you heard Pittman talk about that in his press conference. Um, and so uh, I do think that a lot of it's team, but I also think that there's so many things in the past game that we haven't shown yet that we will show. Um, but I also think that the biggest thing that we can do is I really wish they would work on KJ getting the ball out of his hands quickly uh, on what we call the bubble screen, the one that um, Jaden scored on, the, or mm-hmm. Wilson scored on the first first game, and then he threw it in the dirt this game. I still feel like that's a little slow. It allows the safety to close uh, and get to the ball quicker. So if we can get that out, uh, because teams have kind of compacted in where they're getting seven, eight, nine guys in the box, and it, and that's always going to make it tougher to run. If we can get the ball on the edge, uh, and then uh, Armstrong on his run, if he had cut it up, I know everybody's still hating on Wilson for his block, but if we cut that up, we get an eight, nine, ten-yard gain. Instead, we get a two-yard loss. So there's just small things within nuances within this offense that. They aren't clicking yet, but you hope they come quickly, obviously. This is, uh, again, the old coach talk, but the greatest improvement comes between game one and game two. In this case, do you, do you not wish to <laughs> wish now to say, well, the greatest improvement is going to come between game two and game three? And if that's the case, what do you, what do you want to see improve, Landon? Well, again, I, I want to see us get the ball on the edge a little bit more. Again, if they come with the same scheme that the first uh, that uh, Kent State did, get the ball on the edge, get them running side to side, and then you're able to get the you know run the ball up the middle. But uh, the biggest thing um, I really want to see from them is uh, I I want to see them uh, kind of run that counter game. Uh, and get the linebackers on the next level, or sorry, get the guards on the next level. And um, I think that the the other thing I'd like to see them do is identify the five guys they want to go with on the O line. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that uh, Pittman wasn't real happy about that uh, question in the press conference uh, last or on Saturday, but 
there's something to be said about continuity on an offensive line. And and I think he knows that. I think he was just a little frustrated at the end of the game. And uh, it caught him off guard. Uh, but, but I think we'll see more, you know, five guys go basically the whole game this week. And I think that that may help us out as well. Well, I can say with almost 100% certainty, Coach Pittman was very upset, very frustrated uh, when he went into the media room following the uh, Kent State game, uh, to say the least. Uh, We've had this debate, and I'm not sure that you even know the answer to this, but you always hear against opponents like Kent State and Western Carolina we're going to hold things back. We're going to hold things back. We're not going to show this. We're not going to show that. So, with that being said, what do you expect Arkansas then to show against Brigham Young? This is another non-conference game, but what are you expecting Arkansas to show this Saturday? Yeah, and I don't know what I'm expecting them to show. What I hope, I mean, here's the thing. Good teams run their offense, right? Right. We, we don't have to hide things. We don't have to we want to make teams adjust to us. We don't want, you know, to adjust to them. And, and that's one thing I've never really liked. And, and I don't know that they are. I really hope to see us run uh, something we talked about in week one and I, <laughs> week zero, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I had yeah. to bring that in there. But uh, I really hope to see us throw the ball over the middle a little bit more, uh, not just on the post routes, but I, I want to see some more dig routes, more me- uh, what we call mesh routes, where you're confusing the linebackers and and uh, uh, kind of high lowing uh, the defense. And uh, I think that we've got the personnel to do that for sure. So that's what I'm looking for, and, and hopefully we uh, were able to get the offensive line going a little bit better as well. That's QB time with Landon Leach. Thank you, Landon. Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater. Andrew Shambly. Up next, stay tuned. Oakland Racing Casino Resort presents Oakland Game Day. It's an inside look at the week's big games, exciting prop bets, and the latest betting lines from Oakland Sportsbook. Justin Acrian, Oakland's Director of Sports Wagering, Zach Gillum, give you all the information you need to place your bets at Oakland. Catch it on the buzz Wednesday at 8 p.m. and again Thursday mornings at 5.30 before morning mayhem. Oakland Game Day on your fun and game station, 103.7 The Buzz. Fellas, there's a lot of people talking about testosterone, but you need to do your homework and go to a provider that you can trust. I recommend Low T Center. It's where I get my levels checked. It's concierge medicine for all of us men. They specialize in men's wellness and customized testosterone treatments. It's quick. It's easy. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and get your results in about 25 minutes. Ball's in your court. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, maybe you've noticed weight gain and loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels. Low T Center will get you back to living your best life. They have affordable and convenient treatment options, including physician-monitored self-inject treatments that ship directly to your home each month. Low T Center, quick, easy, simple, convenient, and most importantly, life-changing. Now's the time. Right now at Low T Center, it's only $25.00 to get your T-levels tested with results back in 25 minutes. Go to LowTCenter.com to book your appointment online today. That's LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. This is Pat Bradley for Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union and their Casasa checking accounts. With Casasa, earn up to 6% APY, cash rewards with no minimum balance, and refunds on ATM fees. Stop by Alcoa's new branch in Sheridan and visit with Kelly or Morgan and open a free Casasa checking account today. Experience the difference with Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union, now serving Saline, Grant, Garland, Hot Spring, and Perry Counties. Online at alcoacommunityfcu.org. Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer presents Bruce James every Tuesday morning this fall on Morning Mayhem. Bruce will break down each game, the opponent and the Razorback program, the only way he knows how, and that's with no punches pulled. Bruce James with David, Roger, and Justin on Morning Mayhem presented by Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer, your home for all commercial truck service and repair. Family owned and operated, keeping your fleet vehicles out of the shop and on the road. Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. Give them a call at 568-2185. Do you need Rainwater Holton Sexton? Anywhere in the state, dial 888-8888. It really is just that easy. If you've been injured and need help, it doesn't matter where in Arkansas you are, just dial 888-8888. 
888-888-8888. We'll come to you. I'm Mike Rainwater of Rainwater Holton Sexton. We have been thankfully serving our Kansans for years, and we appreciate the trust you've put in us. We work hard for you, Arkansas, each and every day. Anywhere in the state, dial 8. The Boys and Girls Club of Central Arkansas invite you to the 2023 Leader of the Year Luncheon honoring Hunter Juracek featuring Master of Ceremonies David Basil. With your generous support, Boys and Girls Club of Central Arkansas will create opportunities to help more kids and teens achieve great futures. The Leader of the Year Luncheon will be Wednesday, October 18th at the Clinton Presidential Center. For tickets and additional information, visit bgcofca.com. Hi, I'm Rick Pennington of Lions Drug. We have great news. Generic Cialis is now available at a huge savings. We have Tadalafil, the FDA-approved generic of Cialis, in a 20-milligram tablet at a savings of up to 80%. We have the 5-milligram daily tablets for less than $3 a pill. Lions Drug continues to be your go-to pharmacy for men's health. What are you waiting for? Call us today at 844-676-2247 or go to our website at Lions Drug. Now back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish studios. Eat My Catfish, now back open in Little Rock in the Riverdale Shopping Center next to Ace Hardware. Eat fresh, eat local, eat my catfish. It's gut check time. Drive Time Sports is back on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports in the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer standing by in Northwest Arkansas. I'm Randy Rainwater from the capital city. He stands six foot six and comes in at three hundred pounds. He's from Maumill, and now he's on the offensive line for the Arkansas Razorbacks. It's time to chop it up with Andrew Chambly on Drive Time Sports, presented by Johnston's Home Center in Benton. Johnston's Home Center. If we don't have it, you probably don't need it. Well, Andrew, good afternoon. How are you good feeling today, big guy? How are you feeling today? I'm I'm doing pretty good. Just got out of practice, had a pretty good practice, and ready to get the week going. So, Andrew, you know, our entire discussion for two days on Drive Time Sports has been the offensive line. What can you tell us about the offensive line and practices and how you're developing? Oh, we're we're just uh, bonding more as a team. You know, uh, got a got a couple young guys and new guys on the whole line. I only got two returning starters, Bo and Brady. So we're just continually just trying to build on each other and just build confidence in each other so when we get to the game, we can dominate. How, how long, and you've played on offensive lines in high school, now you're here at Arkansas. How long does it take for five new members working together to build that cohesive unit that you want to eventually have? Uh, I would say... Uh, I, it takes some time for sure, especially at this high of a level. Um, but I think we're we're starting to get things. We're starting to click off on some things. We we've, we've had a really good two days so far. So hopefully we can just keep the progress the progress that we have. Have either of the first two opponents done things that have been a little bit confusing? And and if so, that's okay. How does that help you get ready for BYU and the rest of the teams on your schedule? I mean. The last two teams that we've played, they haven't done anything too crazy. Um, I know Kent State did a couple of pop stunts and things like that. But uh, with, with Kent State and the pop stunts, it'll help us this week with BYU because they have a lot of motion line or live move, line movement, and they like to uh, plug their backers and get their backers, backers active on the, on the uh, defense. So. Yeah, yeah, BYU's first two opponents have averaged 61 yards per game rushing. Is that why, or are there other reasons why they've been so good against the run? Uh, they got some big guys on that defensive line for sure, um, especially their, their linebacker number two, uh, fast guy. He reads very fast, and he's going to get to the ball fast. So, I mean, their, their defense is very is structured very well. They match personnel. Um, but I think, I think we could get a, a little advance on them this week. Andrew, how much difference is there from a blocking scheme standpoint when they put either players on your head or players in the gaps? What what are you seeing differently 
uh, when teams are throwing those type of fronts against you? Oh, there is. Well, uh, teams that like to play uh, four eyes, you know, there's usually your your jack teams, your mint fronts, and things like that. They like to pinch a little bit, little uh, stunts inside, and a little things like that. But um, nothing really crazy. Good. Uh, hopefully there'll be nothing crazy then this uh, Saturday. I'd like to just see a good old mono to mono battle uh, right there in the uh, in the trenches. I had someone ask the other day, so I'm going to ask you this question: What do you do to relax? What do you do to to, to kind of get away or or just uh, find that that quiet spot, so to speak? Uh, I I would say I play the game. Um, I play the game quite frequently. frequently. Um, and I, I like to listen to a lot of music when I'm, when I get home, I'm in the shower. I just got out the shower. I'm just laying down in bed, you know, doing a little recovery. Um, so I really think music and gaming helps me relax. Now that's video games, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. Sir. Okay. Do you have a favorite video game? Uh, so right now the new Madden just came out and oh. I've been on Madden 24 a little bit. Um, <laughs> I just bought the new 2K2. So uh, I'm going to go work on my build a little bit tonight. <laughs> so so what do you enjoy more, playing Madden or watching real NFL games? Um, I probably have to say playing Madden because there's, there's always a little excitement during the game. You know, the game goes up and down, a little pick here, pick six, keeping the game interesting. So I think playing, playing Madden. All right. Of the players on the Razorback team, who beats you all the time, and who do you beat all the time? Okay, so me and uh, Amarion, we're roommates, so we play each other quite a lot. And, uh, yeah, I would say he he probably beats me a lot, a lot more than I beat him. <laughs> well, does he take better teams? Does he? What do you get, stuck with somebody that's not very nah, good or what? Uh, I, I'm... I'm okay at the game. I'm just not all that great, but I'm getting better as I go. <laughs> so are, are you better as an OC or a DC? Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator? Definitely a DC. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, you've had a 12 o'clock. You've had a 3 o'clock. And now you're about to have a 6.30 game. Of the three, of course, you haven't played the 6.30 yet. Is there a, a particular time, Andrew, that you prefer over maybe any other time? I prefer night games. Uh, just the atmosphere and the feeling of night games is just so much different with the lights being on and everything like that. So I think uh, this week this week's game is going to be a really, really fun one. When we talk about, in a minute, I'm going to ask you about the atmosphere for the Fayetteville game. But you got to believe it'll be even better. Because one thing about it, it's 86 degrees, and people on the east side at halftime, a lot of them are going to leave because they're just they're just too hot. At a night yeah. game, do you think the how was the environment Saturday, and what do you think it'll be like this Saturday? Oh, the environment Saturday was great. Uh, great energy all the way to the end of the game. But I feel like this week this weekend is going to be a lot better because it's a night game. The suns are not going to be out. It's not going to be too hot. So. I really think that this game is going to be a lot more full than last game. You know, some players, Andrew, and I was one of those, I, even though every high school game I ever played in was at night, I hate waiting around the whole day, though. I I kind of like either the 3 o'clock, maybe a 1 o'clock. I know there's not many 1 o'clock starts, but uh, I just hate all that waiting that you have to go through. Does that Does that affect you in any way knowing you've got to wait the majority of the day before you can finally get out there? No, not really. Uh, during that time that we have during the day uh, at our hotel, I'm usually doing recovery or getting in the playbook, watching film. So, I I mean, it does kind of suck what, having to wait to play that long and being all eager and everything. But I, I me personally, I just love my games just the way it feels and everything like that. So it doesn't really bother me. Well, except for Pee Wee football or YMCA football or whatever else that uh, we may have played. We didn't have all that when I was growing up. But anyway, um, you might have a, a noon, you might have a 10 o'clock in the morning uh, game 
but you rarely, if ever, had a game at nighttime. And we, of course, thought, talked about junior high, senior high games. That's, generally speaking, about the only time that they're played. Uh, mm-hmm. Physically, Andrew, how, how are you holding up so far through a couple of games? And, and how long does it take you to bounce back uh, from a game, a given game on a given Saturday? Um, I'm feeling pretty good today. Uh, I've been feeling pretty good all week. Uh, we have a recovery. We have a little recovery day on Sunday after the game. So I usually come in here, get some treatment, and we do a little lift, a little stretch and stride lift. And I usually feel pretty good after that. It's usually just that my knees that ache a little bit here and there. Now, you are, are you on the two two times a week cycle on lifting, or three times a week? If you don't go Sunday, it's only two. I'm sorry? I said uh, if you lift on Sunday, then uh, it'll be three times a week. But if you don't, it's only two. Okay, got you, got you. I would think the Sunday is more about getting some of the soreness out, is it not? Yes, sir, it is. Yeah, I wouldn't think that would be a a, a power day. How much stronger do you feel like this offense? I'm I'm talking about from strength. How much stronger do you think this this offensive line is this year? I think we're a, a lot stronger for sure. Um, just just having young guys in there trying to get get everything going, it may look a little rough right now, but I, I promise y'all, come SEC play, we will be dominating that a lot. Or the, the defensive line, it doesn't matter who's in front of us. That's good to hear. I mean, I, I, I uh, as a spectator, as a fan, as part of the media, we, we love – hearing that this is going to be a dominating offensive line because I know it's been frustrating at times. Um, what satisfaction did you feel, Andrew, from the first half against Kent State to the second half of Kent State? Because it seemed like in the second half you were starting to do the things that I think most of us expected uh, at the start of the game. Um. Yeah, and I, I felt like at the beginning of the game we started really slow and choppy, and we we weren't flying around, and we didn't play with a purpose in the first half. We didn't play with our hair on fire, and in the second half, after hearing coach, even though we shouldn't have took all that, after hearing coach, we had we knew that we had to get on our stuff and we had to get on the horse and start rolling because at that point it was seven to six. And the only thing that we scored was nothing. Defense got the pick six. So I know coaches was really irritated. So um, picking it up in the second half really felt better. Is sometimes too much made out of or maybe not given enough credit for halftime adjustments? What adjustments did y'all make at the half against Kent State? Uh, The the adjustments we made was uh, get y'all stuff together so we can get going because we know that we're better than this. And knowing that you're better than what you're playing always will make you a lot matter than what you already are. So I think that was just the big key, the big the big time key. How much better is this offense when KJ is running the football? Oh, we're great. We're, when KJ has, I mean, if anybody's the ball in their hands, I mean, we, we can do so many things with the, the amount of skill and the amount of the amount of depth that we have. But when KJ has the ball in, the, in his hands, you know he's a he's a big quarterback, so he's not going to be scared to to take a hit. So it's, it's just good to know that. Andrew, continued success, my friend. We look forward to talking with you next week. All righty, yes, sir. Thank y'all. You bet, Andrew. Chambly, thanks to Johnston's Home Center. We'll come back and wrap it up in just one moment. Ah, not again. Let me tell you about my man Tom. He had some serious bad luck. And one day he said to me, when is my luck gonna change? And I was like, you need to go to Tunica, bro. And he was like, yeah, good idea, bro. Tom was winning big money. People were cheering and kissing. My man was like, this is amazing. The Zuzing streak was finally over. Man, I cannot believe my luck. Believe it, because when you're in Tunica, you're always a winner. 
Hi folks, it's Chris Zender here at Frank Fletcher Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in Sherwood. When you're in the market for a new Dodge Chrysler Jeep or Ram, we hope you give us a chance to earn your business. Here's some things to consider. Fletcher Dodge has been family-owned dealer here in Sherwood for over 25 years. We know how to take care of our customers to keep them coming back. Every Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram dealer pays the same price for their vehicles. It's the dealer that makes the difference. We'll give you the best deal up front. No haggling, no arguing. We make it easy to buy a new vehicle. And we'll pay you more for your trade-in. Compare our deal to anybody's and you'll buy from us. Come see us today for the deal of a lifetime on new Dodge Chrysler Jeep or Ram. At Frank Fletcher Dodge, you always get the best price, the lowest finance rate, and more for your trade. And we promise you a hassle-free buying experience. We want to be your dealer for life. Shop Fletcher Dodge and Sherwood before you buy anywhere else. Just tell us what you're looking for and we'll make you a deal. Come see us in person at Fletcher Dodge on Warden Road in Sherwood or shop online at FletcherDeals.com. In sports, every coach is looking for the winning combination. Arch Marina North Little Rock is no different. The reason being, they have the winning combination. G3 boats with a Yamaha motor. Your granddaddy trusted Arch Marine, so can you. Justin Anchor reminding you that if you want the job done right, then don't stress. Just go with the best. CertaPro Painters is your go-to painting company. You can get your free estimate scheduled at CertaPro.com. That's Certa with a C. Each CertaPro Painters business is independently owned and operated. People who are going to be responsible and people who are going to be accountable to you and your family to make sure your project gets done right. So if you've been thinking about sprucing up your home or business for the fall season that is almost upon us, you need to get CertaPro on the case. Use the company that I've used many times over over the years. It is CertaPro Painters. You'll be happy you did. At Edwards Food Giant, they know your family is important, and they also know that your time and convenience is as well. So why not take advantage of their heat and eat items in their deli department? Those famous Edwards Food Giant signature dishes with many of the same entrees and recipes that are served daily in the hot bar. All ready to take home and serve to your family tonight. This week's special is stuffed bell peppers for only $6.49 per pound with coarse souffle for $5.99 per pound. Southern Bank presents Family Feud on 103.7 The Buzz. Tune in to Morning Mayhem on Tuesday mornings for your chance to play with Justin Moore, David, and Roger. Family Feud on Morning Mayhem brought to you by Southern Bank. Bank with Southern.com. Now back to Drive Time Sports. Live from the Eat My Catfish studios. Eat My Catfish. Now back open in Little Rock in the Riverdale Shopping Center next to Ace Hardware. Eat fresh. Eat local. Eat My Catfish. You've got Drive Time Sports locked in on the Buzz Radio Network. Here is Randy Rainwater. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. We are now joined by Dr. Troy Ardone. Troy, yes, sir, last night, I wanted to talk to you. He is a foot and uh, hand specialist, I believe. Is that correct? No, no, Randy. I'm an orthopedic surgeon who uh, did a fellowship specializing in foot and ankle surgery. Foot and ankle. Foot and ankle, yes. My apology there, Troy. No, no problem. I don't know if you were watching last night, but, uh, man, uh, in just the fourth play, as a member of the New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers went down. And yes, uh, in the beginning, there was speculation. It could have been a high ankle sprain. Then that uh, terrible phrase was being used over and over again, Achilles tendon injury. So if you would, Troy, yes. kind of break down what you think actually happened. And well, is this... I mean, it's not what you would call a common injury, but it seems like, Troy, all of a sudden we're hearing more and more about Achilles injuries. Yeah, so, I mean, Randy, this is, uh, you know, a very common injury for me to see for uh, for people ages probably 20, uh, yeah, anywhere from mid-20s to, um, you know, 50-year-old. You usually see it in the uh, weekend athletes, not necessarily in the NFL guys, but you do see it in the NFL guys more uh, not sure what happened there. We haven't had well, problems. happened before, but not today. Yeah, right? we haven't had problems with this line yeah. uh, all, all week long. Hey, while you're waiting for him to call back, how about this one? Now, I, I didn't see this, so I just saw it on ESPN's website that today Stephen A. Smith and somebody else kicked around 
since Aaron Rodgers is out, what do you think of Tom Brady coming back and playing for the Jets? Can he do it, though, being a part owner of the Raiders? Hmm. I don't know. That would that to me, if I'm if if he's a part owner, how yeah. can you get the blessings of the other owners in the league to agree to it? I guess that's a good question. But you think he could sell his stake <laughs> for a few for a while? If he if, yeah. if he wanted to badly enough, as long as I guess they would sell it back what, to him. What if he was a part owner? I guess if he was a part owner of the Raiders, could he play for them? Isn't that who he's a part owner yes, of? Yes, yes, the Raiders. Yeah. And I wonder what kind of a stake he's got. And I guess it's because it's that sport because um, there are pro athletes that are part owners of uh, professional teams in other leagues that, that aren't their league. Patrick Mahomes is a minority owner in the uh, Kansas City Royals. I think I think there's some people that have bought into soccer teams you know, I'm sure they don't have large stakes by any means, but they do have a little bit of ownership in them. So, well, if it was Omaha stakes, then they could bring back Peyton Manning. <laughs> I guess they could. Randy, I'm back. <laughs> okay. Sorry you, about that, <laughs> Troy. Get back to more sensible questions. Sorry, I'll drop somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, you were about to go into. Uh, us older guys having experiencing uh, Achilles yeah. injuries, and so not so much with National Football League players. Yeah, so I mean, it happens to the National Football League players. It's more common to the weekend warrior. At least that's what I see here in Little Rock. But we even see it in high school athletes occasionally. But mm. uh, it is rare. So basically, uh, the injury is caused by a deceleration type injury. And if you watched the video last night, he kind of got was trying to get tackled. He was trying to push off and his foot just hyperextended, meaning the foot kind of went towards the leg in the front, and then you saw his calf muscle just kind of ball up a little bit, mm. and that's how you can tell what happened. Mm. And so and it's a it's a really tough injury to come back from, especially in uh, an elite athlete like uh, NFL player, quarterback, probably a little bit harder for a running back. But, you know, the question for, for uh, Aaron is, uh, you know, he's – 39 years old he just switched teams he's got a guaranteed money on his contract will he be motivated to make it back and uh if he is i think he could come back and uh play again now how many years he'll want to play i don't know but the recovery period is about nine months for an achilles tendon rupture uh after surgery and we usually fix those with surgery especially in athletes it can be treated without surgery but uh in athletes we treat it with surgery almost 100 percent of the time and uh you know he'll have some extensive rehab you know recovery getting his strength back over that nine month period so and hopefully he can make it back but so you're talking obviously. about early june maybe late may early june if you're talking about nine yes. months from now yes nine months nine months before he's ready to play football again now Tony, um, is this the kind of injury that he can and do the same thing all over next year. Uh, same, the risk of same foot, same foot. It, it is possible to re-rupture your Achilles tendon after it heals. Um, I think the risk of it re-rupturing without surgery is higher than with surgery, but uh, it's a possible. Uh, I didn't. Or he won't re-rupture it, but if it's fixed right, he'll be fine. I didn't realize uh, there was the option of not having surgery. There is an option, uh, and I mean, if you look at the studies, uh, there is a, you know, great literature out there on non-operative management of Achilles rupture. But in athletes, uh, I can tell you across the board, almost all of them will have it fixed. I mean, because you you know it's fixed, you know that the tension is appropriate because you got to restore the uh, resting tension to that muscle, right? Because the the muscle turns into tendon, which attaches to bone. So you have to have the appropriate tension for the muscle to work and to be, you know, powerful again. Wow. So is this anyway. is this any different on the other hand this type of injury, this type of surgery as when uh let's say a professional pitcher has the uh the Tommy John issue is is there any similarities to like that i mean the recovery cycle the rehab cycle everything almost sounds identical 
Yeah, rehab for most orthopedic injuries, probably about the same. Say an ACL tear is probably six to nine months mm-hmm. with their back playing football. Tommy John surgery is a ligament repair, not a tendon, but uh, they oftentimes use like a little allograft tendon or an autograft tendon where they take tendon from one part of the body and reconstruct the ligament. All right, that's what they do in ACL uh, surgery as well. So all these surgeries have probably the same time frame because to be back, to get back from an injury like that, you have to be able to, to restore your strength. You have to be moving about the same speed that you uh, were before you started, or it's just not safe. Then you have a, if you go back too soon, you have a higher risk of re-injuring yourself, right? And in, in fact, a lot of these NFL teams and college teams now put their players on GPS trackers. And uh, I think Alabama, one of my colleagues in Alabama, he's a team doc for Alabama. He, uh, he, he's actually doing a study on that where they track these players. They put GPS trackers on them at practice. They run them, and they know how fast they're moving throughout the, their practice. They know when, what, you know, what they're doing throughout the practice, and then they use that information to bring them back. And that's when they know they're ready to come back to playing full speed in the game, so they can compare the same data. All right. So that's, they're they're using that in the NFL. They're using that in college nowadays. So I don't know if all the college teams are using that, but a lot of them are. So, Troy, is there any way you can prevent this injury? Really, it's, it's tough to prevent. I think, uh, you know, stretching, uh, strengthening your muscles. But really, it's just kind of one of those uh, uh, active injuries where you, you decelerate and you try to explode back through whatever you're doing, and then it just ruptures. The tendon basically turns into mop ends on both sides. And then, then it's over. So it's hard to really prevent it and predict it. You wow. know what I mean? Wow. Uh, All right, we're about anyway. to, we're about to run out of time, Troy. Uh, one final question: Does does his age thirty nine years of age does that work against Aaron Rodgers at all? I mean, I think it does in a way. I mean, he's playing with a a lot of younger athletes, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it, it plays in a factor in it. Now he's a quarterback. He's a very good athlete. I think he can make it back. I mean, the question is, does he have the motivation to do yeah, so? Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of factors there, but Troy, thank you for your time. We appreciate that. That is Dr. Troy. Ardoin by way of ortho Arkansas for Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater, buzz animal cruelty, spay and neuter your pet for the buzz radio network. So long, everybody. The Buzz, KABZ Little Rock, powered by you, the fan. Fire it up, I'm listening. Fort Thompson's in Sherwood. Savage Access 2 Camo Rifle with Bushnell Banner Scope, $399.90. Regularly $469.90. Ruger American Predator 6.5 Creedmoor on sale for $429.90. Regularly $479.90.